Hello, everyone. Glad you could join us on the Real People, Real God podcast. We'll spend the next little while getting to know God a little bit better by getting into the Bible and hearing what He has to say to us and through us. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. This is Pastor Tim Howard, and I have with me Pastor Chris Shepherdson. Hello. And we are talking about the awesome subject of death. And uh, <laughs> the title, so morbid. <laughs> yeah, the title of the uh, series is "Fear of Death: Satan's Last Weapon," and uh, we are here to disarm him. We are here to Amen. give you what you need to disarm the enemy from holding the weapon of fear over you. Um, so, um, get your Bible, get your journal. Um, let's get through this and, and, you know, write down the scriptures and have yourself your own little Bible study after, after you're done listening to this podcast. If you're jumping into part three and you've not listened to the first two parts, we urge you to do that because that's pretty important to this whole thing. Um, we're basing this whole series on the question, you trust Jesus with your salvation. Do you trust him with your death? And this is a topic that, uh, you know, we don't hear much about at all. We hear about eternal life and what heaven's like, but we don't ever, hardly ever hear about um, the fear of death and the hold that the enemy has over you when you fear death. And so that's what this series is about. So once again, thank you for joining us. And we're going to jump in here and uh, we're going to kind of start with the question or the topic why we should not be afraid of death as Christians. And, and you know, that's what the whole premise here is, you know, uh, this fear that we have controlling our lives that we don't want to look at death or we just try to be that ostrich and stick our head in the ground and not, not <laughs> talk about it, not face it, or don't, you know, don't want to think about it or whatever. But as believers, perhaps we should be taking on a different mindset about this. Yeah. So um, why should we not be afraid of death as Christians? There's a lot of reasons why. I mean, Jesus and, and Paul, who's quoting Jesus, talked about it quite a bit and that death, although it is a powerful thing because every one of us is going to die, we can't avoid it, we can't escape it. Um, so it, it does have control over people's lives in a, in a way. But Jesus, when he came and he died, he was raised from the dead, and we all know that as believers, he was raised from the dead, which in doing so, he overcame death. You know, we have Hebrews ch chapter um, chapter 2, and it talks about, since therefore the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, lies, likewise took partook of the same things, that though de through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, in verse 15 says, and deliver all of those through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So he admits it here that the fear of death is slavery, but Jesus overcame that. He overcame the devil and the power that he had. That last thing that he held over people was the fear of death. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's right. Um, it says he destroyed the one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he destroyed he, him. He's he uh, he he conquered the grave. I mean, he he defeated it. And in, in other words, it couldn't hold him, as the song says. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, he he uh, defeated death, and he did it. So now we can too, because he paid our uh, our punishment. Our he paid our price that we're supposed to pray for our sin, because the scripture talks about the wages of sin is death. And so, therefore, each one of us, as soon as we're born, we're destined to die. And, we'll, and uh, 
you know, these, these bodies are going to die. And so um, Jesus came to bring us eternal life. Now, this body in its current form um, is not going to enter the kingdom of God because the scripture says flesh and blood cannot enter yep. the kingdom of God. However, we will have new spiritual bodies, whatever that looks like. I, I don't really know. But Second Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in his tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we should be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Now he that hath brought us uh, for the self same thing is God, who has also given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And then one more um, scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 51 Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Yeah, and some people may have asked the question, well, if Jesus defeated death, why is there still so much death? And that answers that question. We're not talking about physical death. We're talking spiritual and and in order to have that imperishable body, we have to physically die. It's in the we have to, or be raptured, where it talks about you'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye if mm-hmm. we were able to, you know, have that. But we have the, the physical body that we have today, our house for the Holy Spirit is not going to be the house that will be in heaven with Jesus, you know. Yeah, it's uh it, it's a totally different thing. And and uh, you know this body is that sinful body that that was passed down through the generations from the garden of sin when when yep. God cursed the uh, told Adam you know he cursed the, the soul and his body would return to dust and and so the body's been cursed but the spirit is the essence of who we are as people and the spirit will live on um, and it will take on this this immortality whatever that looks like whatever that. Uh, body or whatever it is looks like we'll take that on and uh we will uh be imperishable at that time as the as the scripture says um so um why should we not be afraid as that's kind of what we're saying here and and there's so many reasons why we should not be afraid and we're going to give you a bunch of them first off satan does not hold the keys to death we allow him to hold our key to death Um, Revelation 1, 17, 18 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the the keys of Hades and death. And that's Jesus that's talking. He has the keys 
Uh, Satan does not. Um, now, if we don't, um, if if we don't believe in Jesus, and if we don't believe that He has the keys, um, you know, then or the power, you know, for life and death, then uh, certainly uh, Satan's going to jump in there and he's going to take over for us, um, and we're going to actually hand him the keys uh, through our fear, and yeah. uh, you know, and that's what we got to stop. Well, by being born again, we leave Satan's kingdom maybe not physically but our spirit body we he no longer has power over us yeah. in that way and yeah. so we we switch kingdoms and so he loses the power right then and there by our admission of our own guilt and accepting Jesus as our savior that's where we come under the protection where Jesus has the keys where the defeated one and that's where I think when you read 1 Corinthians 15 it talks about death is swallowed up in victory we can say with a, with with such a joyful heart, death, where is your victory? You know, you lost me. Mm-hmm. You lost your power right. over me. Where is your the sting of death is gone because um, there's no fear anymore. Yeah. And if the, if we can live a life without any fear, there's nothing the enemy can do to you. Yeah. Whatever right. he does, you know. And I'm I'm constantly reminded of Paul you know, near the end of his life when he was about to go to Jerusalem. He was on that beach and the the prophet that spoke to him and tied his hands. Remember that story? And he said, you know, if you go to Jerusalem, this is going to happen to you. And Paul like, no, I got to go. He knew what was going to happen to him, but he he did it with joy in his heart because he knew he was about to see Jesus. Yeah. You know, I mean... That's think of, no think, fear. Think about the other times. Think about the the prison. Think about the the stripes that he took. Yeah. You know, Paul. We're talking about. I'm I sure mean, he didn't like it. No, no. But, but. Um, you know, he he didn't fear it. He still he didn't change his message. Yeah. You know, and that, maybe that's a question we ask: Do you change your message? Do you change your thoughts because of of the fear of death? Yeah. Um, Paul didn't. He kept right on doing yeah. it. That goes know? back to what we said a couple episodes ago. Are we allowing? Are we limited? Like, is the Holy Spirit telling you to say something, but we're afraid to say it because we're afraid of what's going to happen to our life? That right there is a sign. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that something in there needs to be changed. The Holy Spirit needs to set you free of the fear of death. Um, Here's a good biblical um, story. And uh, most everybody knows this story. But it's this, this story about Abraham um, and Isaac, when God told him oh, to, yeah. um, you know, put Isaac on the uh, altar and, and sacrifice his, his son to him. And this is the son of his old age, you know, when yeah. him and Sarah were up in Very years and, and she was barren for so long and, you know, and God had given, and here, here's the key to that. God had given Abraham a promise and that promise was, is that he was going to bless him and all the people after him and his descendants would number as many as the stars in the heavens and so that was a promise to abraham um and uh you know before abraham even had a child that was a promise and then came the child well a couple but one through uh sarah um, and that was isaac and so abraham's holding on to this promise and yet god tells him that it's through this seed that we're going that i'm going to bless you and make many many nations and but yet it's that same seed that he says, put on the altar. I want you to sacrifice him. Yeah. Um, and the question is, and, and maybe there's a lot of, a lot of people that have thought about this. Um, why did, why would he do that? 
And of course, there's a lot of thoughts that run through her head. But first off, he trusted God. And yeah. um, but some say, well, he would have killed his son, and he wouldn't have, you know, maybe God would provide him with another son. Maybe he would have. But Hebrews gives us the answer in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17. It says, by faith, when he was tried, talking about Abraham, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up mm-hmm. even from the dead, from where also he received him in a figure. And that's the King James Version. Mm-hmm. So basically... Abraham was holding on to the promise that God was going to um, bless him and give him many descendants. And um, uh, early on, he talked about, you know, called it the seed. And he, Abraham knew that and he trusted God. And by faith, he believed God to the point that he was willing to kill his son because God said so. And he knew that God would bring him back to life. Yep that he would resurrect his son because of the promise. And that's really deep, but I urge you to really read those two scriptures. Mm-hmm. Genesis 22 is where you'll find that story with Abraham. Actually, in Genesis, and doesn't it talk about when he's talking to his servants before he goes up? He says, my boy and I will return. Yes. So he had he knew something he, he, had to yep. transpire right. for him to bring him back. Yep, that's right. In Genesis 22, you'll find that story. And then in Hebrews 11, uh, around verse 17, you'll, you'll hear the explanation. But that's a powerful story. And when I was a kid growing up in church, I'd never heard the Hebrews part. I only heard the, oh, wow. the Abraham and the Isaac part. Yeah. You know, um, but that's why he did that. He trusted God. He believed in God's promise that he would provide for him, provide descendants for him. And he was willing to sacrifice his son because he believed that God would raise, raise his son back up, bring him back to life and fulfill his promise. Now, that is a perfect example of what we're talking about here. There are promises of eternal life yep. all throughout the Bible yep. and just tons and tons of them. And those promises, you know, if we believe that God will save us, then we have to believe that those promises are true and that God will raise us up. In other words, when this flesh dies, you know, our spirits will continue yep. to live. So, you know, perhaps, you know, as you're talking to him, I'm thinking about this. Perhaps the word promise is a key word here. Maybe part of the issue with the fear of, of death or the lack of being able to trust is the, that promises today are so flippant. Yes. They don't mean what they used to mean. And, you know, maybe people grew up with people that broke promises. So promises don't have, bear a lot of weight with you. Um, but we know that God's word is true and everything that he ever said is true and every word he said will come to pass. And he has spoken that and, you know, and we can test his word. I mean, we don't test God, we, but you can see that how many times God has come through and his promises have been fulfilled. And, and I think, you know, that's another point that maybe we can pray over and say, okay, God, you know, where is my issue with, with trusting your promises for me? It's easy for me to trust your promise for my friend or my sister, my brother. But for me, maybe there's an issue and that's something that we can pray through, you know, God help me to understand or get a revelation of your promises being as solid as you say they are. 
And that yeah. could be a route to the, the fear of death. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And, um, yeah, so um, we have... Uh, we have so many scriptures when we're talking about the yeah. uh, promises of eternal life. and, and uh, uh, Well, here's another one, Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8. And this is before Jesus even came. And he's talking about him coming. And he says, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It goes back to that. I am promising. I have spoken. And whenever God speaks... You know, we know he means it. Yeah. But he says he's going to swallow up death forever, and that's what he did when he when he died and he was raised again. Yes. Um, here, here's some more promises of eternal life. Um, of course, we we all know John three sixteen. So I'm not going to say it, but you could look it up if you're not familiar with it. But First Thessalonians four fourteen. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. John John eleven twenty six and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's a good question, right? Yeah. John eight fifty one says truly, truly, and and whenever I see when Scripture says truly, truly, or something like that, it's like really pay attention to this. It says truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. That's yep. that's powerful right there. Mm-hmm, that's right. Romans six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. And then um, let me see here. Let me pick you out some good ones. Well, I have another one. Second Timothy one ten. I don't think you've mentioned that one. Uh-uh. And which and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Um, yes, Hebrews 2, verse 14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, Jesus himself, likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. I think you read that one earlier. That's Um, okay. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Second Corinthians 4.10, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Um, and John 11.25, the uh, woman at the well, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? It wasn't the woman in the well. It was Martha and yeah. Lazarus. Um, so, um, yeah, you got any others? Well, one thing I wanted to just quickly bring up is we talked earlier about the garden of, of Eden when, when the whole thing happened, when sin happened, we talk about the tree of good of knowledge and evil, of good of the knowledge of good and evil. And, but there was another tree in the garden that was the tree of life. And if we remember the story, when, when they sinned, God kicked him out of the garden, not because he was being mean. And I, and I took, I had to talk to God about that because it felt like, why are you doing that? And he showed me, he revealed to me that he kicked man out of the garden out of mercy because if he had, if Adam and Eve had eaten from that tree of the, of life, they would have been forever in that state of death. They would never have life. Mm-hmm. And so out of his mercy, he kicked man out of the garden 
But you know, when Jesus died and rose again, it's like he gave us the fruit of the tree of life. Yeah. Now we are partaking and we have life forevermore. We're eating that tree of life now yeah. as believers. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. It really is. First Corinthians fifteen twenty. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Mm. So tons of good there scriptures. There is a lot. There. I have one more. Philippians chapter three, twenty and twenty one. But our citizenship is in heaven, and and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. So he's going to transform us. We're not going to be stuck with these bodies yes, forever. Yes, thank the Lord for that. <laughs> I know, right? All right. So uh, um, we've covered a lot on this on this part, and um, we've got a, another part to go. But uh, uh, we thank you for joining us on this so far. We just uh, we certainly encourage you to uh, to look into those scriptures, pray, and and take your own notes, and just see what God's speaking to you through these scriptures. We're just we're just the vessels to provide information for, for you uh, that we've compiled. But uh, the goal here is that God's people are free from this fear. Yeah. This is the last frontier. This is the last weapon Satan has to use against God's people is that of death. And that's the whole reason that we come to the Lord is so that we might have that eternal life. And so um, we thank you for joining us. Uh, join us again for the next episode, hopefully in another two weeks. And uh, that'll be um, part four. And we got some good stuff on that one too. So thank you for joining us and God bless. We're so glad you could join us for this episode of the Real People, Real God podcast. You can support this podcast by visiting www.valleyviewchapel.net and click on the donate button. Music was by Kevin McLeod, and my name is Tim Howard. Until next time, may the Spirit of God continue to teach you His ways.